This is The Sports Tank with Jeremy Green. You look at my numbers, I'm I'm balling. Beer City's best sports talk is on the air. Get involved. Call 252-4348. Tweet the show at Sports Tank ESPN. The Sports Tank. Come get you some of this. Can't wait. Welcome into the program, ESPN Asheville, 92.9 FM, 880 AM, and 1400 Tank Spencer and Jeremy Green. The Sports Tank with Jeremy Green, heard everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. It's a Tuesday afternoon, and you wanted the drama? We're going to give you the drama. We've been asking for uh, NFL training camp drama for the last week, and we got a lot of it today. Well, the New York Giants apparently had a brawl for all. Uh, that's a new one. I've seen a lot of things happen in training camp. I've never seen full team fight with the quarterback on the bottom. No, no, that's, that's a, a new one. one. Yeah, that's 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 a new one. Uh, I think a couple of years ago, didn't we have uh, one of the joint practices? There was a big fight between two teams, but I don't think I've ever seen it. The same team just fighting with each other in a giant, you know, dog pile. And you know what a fight uh, on day three of training camp is? What's that? The last need that they needed. <laughs> it is the last need that they needed. Things are going awry in training camp for the New York Giants. We had uh, an, an unfortunate situation in Carolina Panthers training camp earlier today. Um but that situation has been resolved very, very quickly by the coaching staff. We'll get into the details on that throughout the program this afternoon, as well as uh, the Indianapolis Colts. I mean, you know, what's not to love? Apparently, all of our feet are just falling off. Uh, I'm pretty sure that uh, Frank Reich desecrated an Indian burial, burial ground or something. <laughs> Quentin Nelson now has the same foot injury that Carson Wentz has. Is this one dating back to when he was in preschool? Because Carson Wentz was apparently back from high school, and now apparently there are just a lot of football players out there with loose bones in their feet. I I, I mean, I've seen injuries (laughs) ravage a team. I think this is the quickest I've ever gone... Well, you're done. Like that's just the end of that. I mean, that was it. Was fun while it lasted. The hopes were so high for the Indianapolis Colts this year. Um, we also have NBA free agency. We got you know big names moving. We could have Kawhi Leonard find a new home. You don't think that's going to happen? Not going to happen. You're not giving up that much money. I don't care that you don't like the training staff. I don't care that you don't like the Clippers. You're not giving up that much money. What's the difference? What's the difference in the money? $42 million. That's the max that he can get from the Clippers as opposed to any other team. Mm -hmm. Okay. Not going to happen. I don't know. I don't know. It depends on where he goes. Like if, uh, you know, somehow the Miami Heat were able to come up with that money. They're not. (laughs) Jeremy got bid on that one this morning with a Twitter bot throwing out some fake news. If you're going to quote somebody... Quote somebody that I obviously know is not real. Like, quote me or something. Don't quote Adrian Wojnarowski. <laughs> that apparently Kawhi Leonard had landed in Miami with Kyle Lowry, which would instantly make them the favorites in the Eastern Conference, in my opinion. I, I don't w- agree with you. I would put that team with Kawhi Leonard, Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo, P.J. Tucker, and... I don't care about P.J. Tucker. Why? That what you just did was you basically said I have a five bedroom house, a Lamborghini, a Porsche, 
a bathroom. Uh, oh, we have a we have a bathroom. Uh, we have. We have a trash can. No, he's a very nice. Tremendous. He's a very he's nice fine. guest room. He's no, 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 no. PJ Tucker's like, hey, we we redid the little the 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 thing at the edge of the carpet, that little gold rim uh-huh. thing that keeps it from fraying and looking all gross. But then you add Tyler Hero still there. Duncan Robinson has just resigned as well. I mean, that would be to me a team that would contend for the Eastern Conference title. Tyler Hero has aged in a way that Bitcoin is jealous of. Just, it shines so brightly. It's just a sophomore slump. And then it didn't. Sophomore slump. That's all At that all. That's all that was. I will say this. I watched all of the deals come down on, on day one of free agency. Mm-hmm. And I think I asked the question, for him? A lot. 27 times. If I'm just telling you right now, I should have worked much harder on my jumper back in the day. Because if Evan Fournier is worth $78 million, I feel like I'm worth a couple. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I understand that he is at least 30 times better than I am. Okay. But if you do the math on that, that means I can't more than that minimum. I'm just saying. No, no. I love you, brother, and everything, but I don't think that uh, you're, hey, in the, you're in the ring. Hey, you're not in that. Don't you overvalue. That jumper was sweet back in the day. <laughs> oh, I'm sure it was. And it was, uh, there, were, there were a lot of stat lines that were small number for a lot of numbers for not that many points. <laughs> that happened a lot of times. <laughs> no, stop putting yourself in the class of Evan Fournier. I mean, and I didn't. I'm just saying, Kelly Olynyk. The only advantage he has over me is about six inches, and he got three years and thirty seven. His million hair's dollars. better. No, yeah. You are out of your mind. Yeah, his hair's look, better. Look, look, just because you're envious that you have, <laughs> without a doubt, the worst hair on this show, does not mean you need to be throwing shade at me about mop mm-hmm. top Kelly Olynyk. Mm-hmm. Kelly Olynyk's hair looks like he was the lead singer of a grunge band in the '90s, yep. and he never got the memo that that's. Probably not how you should play your hair. He was not the lead singer, by the way. He at best he would be a bass Bass player. player. Yeah. (laughs) He was the bass player for Nickelback. And what? You liked him. You know you did. No, I did not. Yeah, you did. Everybody liked him. I no. I no. Everybody did not like them because I didn't. The worst music in the history of time. Every one of the songs was awful. I'm gonna disagree. Of course you do. I'm going to disagree for the square. Look at this photograph. Now, that was Every a bad song. Every time I do it makes me laugh. No, I couldn't, couldn't get down with that one. That was a bad song. But Nickelback had a couple of good ones on that first album. And then let the jokes commence. Oh, I, I'll, tell Nickel, I'll tell Nickelback jokes for two hours. All the way in. It's the best thing Canada ever gave us. Brian Adams, you're wrong. That's not you're not even close. Brian Adams by Stop a mile. That. Brian Adams ain't even in the same ballpark as Nickelback. What do you got? Summer of '69. That's it. Hundred percent. That's it. Best song between those two artists by ten miles. <laughs> I just want to play Nickelback songs all day now. now if, if you do, I'm going home. Let's just let's now. now, now yeah. Ugh. Yeah, see, you like that song. No. That was a good one. What, are you going to start defending Creed next? Oh. oh, How You Remind Me? That was the that was the jam of that year. <laughs> They're just, it's all terrible. <laughs> They're all the Kelly Olenek of, of music. 
just brutal and bad and overpaid and stop playing it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I see you're getting like don't no. You asked for Creed, I'm gonna give you Creed. We're not ten minutes into the show and <laughs> it's I swear already gone I'm the already ready to flip the table. The verdict is in Secret Time, better than nickelback. <laughs> not close. Not even close. <laughs> Oh, Scott Stapp. Hey, speaking of, I saw the, uh, you, you have HBO? Yeah. Did you see the uh, the Woodstock 99 documentary that they did? No. Oh, you got to see it. It's great. I, I, you know, I remember I was, uh, let's see, that was in between junior and senior year in high school, I believe, Woodstock 99 for me. And I remember hearing some of the reports of how bad it got. Just what a complete poop show. Woodstock 99 was. It's not until you actually see the documentary, though, that you go, yeah, that was that was bad. Locking a whole bunch of people onto an Air Force base that didn't have, you know, shade anywhere in the middle of the summer for three days. Uh, Scott Staff was in that. That's, what, that's why it, that was how he reminded me. Was how you reminded me. But Exactly. Anyhow. Kelly Olenek, yeah, at best was the bass player of a of a, of a really mediocre band. Never I'm just blown away that. how every year in the NBA we go into free agency mm-hmm. and you have five or six teams that have money and it's they're like children. It's like giving a child a twenty dollar bill and telling them to go inside and pay for gas, and they come out with four dollars in gas and sixteen dollars <laughs> worth of Twizzlers. Right. That that is what NBA free agency is in a nutshell. Yeah. Uh, who won in? Who won the first day of NBA free agency? Uh, nobody. Who didn't spend money? They won. Because <laughs> some of those deals are going to age like milk. Mm-hmm. And some of them, I believe, are going to be the top deals. I'm see, just, see I'm you're really giving, sour on Chris Paul I and am. Kyle Lowry, and of all it's the, the t- things that happened it's yesterday, it's the time of service. It's the time of service that I don't like. You gave them too long of contracts. You, well, they weren't you, taking a one-year deal. No, they Kyle Lowry a had a slew of suitors. Mm-hmm. And let's be really honest. Kyle Lowry's game is not exactly, hey, look how athletic I am. It's, I'm just really skilled at this. Chris Paul's mm-hmm. the same way. Mm-hmm. I think those deals will be fine. Those are not the ones I had a problem with. I had a problem with Doug McDermott for 12 or 14 or whatever million dollars a year. Right. Like, who's... Again, this is my idea... NBA, TV, NFL films, you're all welcome to the idea. I just want you to give me credit for it. I want a camera in every front office when those guys sign contracts. So they call, like Doug McDermott calls Greg Popovich and goes, Hey, Greg, come and play in San Antonio. And they hang up the phone and you're expecting, Yay! And they just look at each other and go, Why? Like, but why? (laughs) No! At this point, he's the best we could do. I mean, the, the, I mean, think about this: the the shine on that uh, on on that whole system, the San Antonio Spurs Greg Popovich system. I mean, is there anything you look at that and go? Oh, I mean, you yeah, had that's David be a Robinson and Tim Duncan oh, yeah. and Tony Parker, but they were and now to... you're spending fourteen million dollars a year on Doug McDermott. Right. That's like, hey, I used to be a NASCAR racer, and now I park cars at a hotel. Right. Nothing wrong with it. It's just there's a little bit of a difference there. You're still driving cars for a living. It's just one of them you were doing competitively for millions of dollars, and the other you're wearing a weird vest. Right. But after Kawhi Leonard left town, that thing has just sunk. 
And now we're all just the, the focus right now for the San Antonio Spurs has just got to be when can Becky Hammond take this job and when can we start the new era? I'll be honest with you. There have been a series of stories, and we loosely got into this this morning in the Sportsocracy. 10 a.m. every weekday morning on YouTube. Find us on all the social medias at the Sportsocracy. The days of being a fan of small market teams is getting harder and harder and harder by the day. Yeah, but you're all, I mean, you're always going to be a fan of your local team. I mean, it's, it's been a fool's errand to be a Charlotte Hornets fan since 1989. Did you just say you're always going to be a fan of your local team? Yeah, pretty much. I pull for zero teams that are within 500 miles a year. But you, but have you ever been a fan of those teams? No. No. See, that's the point. Like, I get that there are people like you and, and like me to a certain degree. I mean, the Hornets are the only local team that I've ever pulled for. I mean, I will, the only one I will look had. at the Hornets and go, I want that to work well. Mm-hmm. Because I like the market. I like some of the people in the front office. On and on and on. But in terms of my rooting allegiance, no. Mm-hmm. Carolina, same way. I want Carolina to be good at all times. I loved Roy, and I love Mac Brown, but I'm a Florida State fan at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. But I feel like, I mean, there are enough people, and we kind of got into this discussion in the sportsocracy this morning uh, about the Buffalo Bills. You kept saying that the and we and we're not going to get into the discussion again. If you want no, to see our saying, comments it's about easy it, to find. exactly. Uh, just go to youtube.com slash the sportsocracy. It's the episode from this morning. We got into talking about the Buffalo Bills wanting a new stadium and wanting the community to pay for it and all of that. And part of that, part of what you were saying was that you know it's it's not a great big market. And my question was why would ta- they, my question was very simple. Why would Terry Pagula pay a billion dollars to build a stadium in mm-hmm. Buffalo? If I'm going to pay for a stadium, I'm going to pay for it in Austin, Texas. That makes all the sense in the world. And you started talking about, oh, but the history of the Buffalo Bill. I got news for you. You know who cares less about that than I do? Don't say Terry Pagula. Terry Pagula. It's Terry Pagula. You're wrong. I got news for you. If Buffalo says, hey, we'll give you $200 million and you have to front the rest of it, and Austin, Texas says, we'll build you a billion and a half dollar stadium down here. Bye, Buffalo. Same thing with the Oakland A's. Same thing with the Oakland Raiders who are already in Vegas. You've seen this before. Mm -hmm. This is not new. But for me, this was a combination of things. I was watching small market teams in the NBA last night just overpaid grossly. And you know they know that. Because they have to. But you have to do what you have to do. Mm -hmm. The, The Detroit Pistons, I'm convinced, look at their roster every year and go, we have to overpay at least one big guy every year. It was Mason Plumley last year. It's Kelly Olynyk this year. Mm-hmm. Even the Knicks, the Knicks who are in the biggest market in the world, they're not impervious of this. They had money. Well, what are we going to do with it? Mm, Evan Fournier. Yeah, you're, I mean, part of part of it is the sexiness of the city. There is no sexiness to any of these teams. Portland, San Antonio, even Detroit. You get the bigger markets, Detroit and New York. Well, I mean, here's the I thing mean, that nobody wants to say in the NBA. Than there used to be, but. Well, I mean, here's the thing nobody wants to say in the NBA. At this point, the smaller market franchises are just feeder programs to the Lakers, the Miami Heat, and the, the big market teams. That's all it is. Mm-hmm. Think about every star you've seen in one of these small markets. They all wind up somewhere else. And guess what? There's a litany of them that are coming up within the next few years. 
Giannis might be the Tim Duncan of his generation where he plays in a small market city his entire career. But there are a slew of other guys. A slew of them. One of whom might get moved before this offseason's over. Who's that? Damian Lillard. Mm, yeah. Donovan Mitchell in Utah. You, you, you really see him playing there for 15 years? Because I don't. And that $72.5 million they just paid to Mike Conley kind of confirms that for me. I don't know. I feel like that's one of those that you just you, you don't let him go. Well, and, you and keep that, but paying the him point. the max money over and over and over again. But that's the point. You do that, but you can't do any better. Mm-hmm. As a small market team, you have to be able to put pieces together to make the deal to get a bad contract in Mike Conley, which it was. Still a good player, borderline all-NBA level player. But you're overpaying him. Mm-hmm. You were overpaying him. You're still overpaying him. And now you just did it again. That's what you have to do. And if you're Donovan Mitchell, you have to be looking around going, well, this is the best we're ever going to be. It's going to be me. It's going to be Mike Conley and Rudy Gobert. That's the best we'll ever do. Because nobody is coming here by choice. And free day one of free agency just confirmed that. Mm-hmm. The biggest deal that was signed yesterday, where'd he go? The Chicago Bulls. Lonzo Ball got the most money per year of any guy that signed yesterday with a new team. Where'd he go? Mm-hmm. He went from small market New Orleans to big market Chicago. It's not an accident. If you go back through the, the the history of the NBA, since free agency really became a thing, this is what we do every year. And if I have one more person tell me the Bulls were winners, I'm going to yell at them. The Bulls were winners. Every article I've seen today said they were the big winner of day one. No, 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 uh-uh. See, I didn't mind the I didn't mind the Lonzo ball. You should because he's not a he's not a twenty five million dollar a year NBA basketball player or twenty two and a half or whatever that adds up to. I think it's twenty two and a half. He's not. That's not who he is. All right, we're going to take a break. We'll talk about we'll talk more about it because to me the money is overblown in the NBA anyway. So I'm going to take a minute during the commercial break. I want to see where exactly where this Lonzo Ball deal stacks up and puts him in the hierarchy of uh, of guys in the NBA. You're in the sports tank with me, Tank Spencer, and him, Jeremy Green, here on ESPN Asheville. The news today. Why? Why? Because it's, it's ESPN Asheville, 92.9 FM, 880 AM, and 1400. Tank Spencer, Jeremy Green. You know, I had to get one more in there. There's one more Creed song. Yeah, still better than Nickelback. The R- <laughs> yeah, next break, you should come back with uh, Brian Adams because I can think of four songs that are better than either of those bands from Brian Adams. Brian Adams? No. Summer of 69 is the only thing you got. Nope. What? Give me one. I don't remember the name. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I can sing them, but I'm not going to. Oh, come on. You're, you're a better singer than I am. That's not saying a lot. Oh, ouch. Hey, look, if you're going to lob them at me, I'm going to hit them. So it's, it's just the way it is. <laughs> anyway, talking about NBA free agency, uh, Lonzo Ball, there's a sign-and-trade deal between the New Orleans Pelicans and the Chicago Bulls. What did New Orleans get back? Oh, uh, Garrett Temple, Thomas Sadoransky, and a second-round pick. And a second-round pick. And in the sign-and-trade deal, Lonzo Ball gets four years, $85 million. Which averages out to $21.25 million a year. Okay, let's look at next year's salary list mm-hmm. and see where this puts him. That puts him right in between Malcolm Brogdon and Gary Harris. 
Uh, I would rather have both of those players than Lonzo Ball. Okay. He's, you're he's making at, just a shade more money than Harrison Barnes. I'll take Lonzo Ball all day. I don't know that I would. <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on. See, I just looked at point guards. Oh, okay. So my list is just point guards. From Lonzo Ball is now at 14 for next year. Okay. Here's the list of other point guards in the top 15. Fred Van Vliet, Malcolm Brogdon, Mike Conley, Chris Paul, De'Aaron Fox, Kyle Lowry, Jamal Murray, Ben Simmons, Kyrie Irving, Kimball Walker, Damian Lillard, Russell Westbrook, John Wall, Steph Curry. I hear the Bill Cosby of, show somewhere. One of those names <laughs> right. does it does not belong with right. the other 14. Excuse me, not the Bill Cosby show. It was uh, uh, Fat Albert. Do you remember? Did no. you ever see Fat Albert? What do you think? Oh, you know the answer to this. I forget. You had a horrible childhood. No, I didn't. But, I mean, here's the thing. You just end up having to overpay for these guys. Mm-hmm. And, and that's the way free agency works. Mm-hmm. He's paid that way, not because he's worthy of it. I mean, I'll be be really honest with yourself. Would you rather have Goran Dragic or Lonzo Ball right now? Because Goran Dragic just got shipped off as a salary facilitator to the Toronto Raptors. Mm-hmm. And I'll be honest with you, it's closer than you think it is. Because one of them can shoot and one of them can't. And I'm just looking at the Bulls going, you had Kobe White. Why would you ever pay for Lonzo? I, I don't disagree with you. All I'm saying is, I think most of I think most NBA players are over overpaid. Oh, but that's don't just start me. that. What? I despise that argument. Why? The NBA players are overpaid. I can't stand that argument. I'm not compared. This is not the argument of oh my gosh, I can't believe NBA players make twenty million dollars a year and teachers are making thirty thousand. No, no, that's not that, the argument I, I I'm getting it, into. It's not even that. It's you do understand that they're paid based on what the product generates, right? Oh, I agree. Okay. I, I understand there are fewer of them. The salaries are going to be bigger than they are in other sports. I understand all of that. It's just. When I look at a guy like Lonzo Ball and I see him get $21.25 million a year, I go, yeah, that seems about right. Because there are a lot of overpaid dudes in the in, in the NBA. I, mean, I don't disagree with that. Mm-hmm. I'm just telling you that contract's going to age like a dairy product. I disagree. And I look, I mean, Lonzo Ball's what, 23 years old? 23, yeah. He's got plenty you think of he's time gonna to learn develop. to shoot? Uh, yeah, uh, I mean he's improved over the last three years, has he not? He went a from bit one of the worst in the NBA to barely passable in a fifty-five game season because I think he played fifty-five games last year. Yeah, At the other day he's a decent passer, he's a decent defender. That's about it. I mean he's not going to be making as much money as his brother will be soon. No, and that that's the thing I don't understand. Is I look at these teams, especially mm-hmm. a team like Chicago. Chicago is a that's a destination. People do still see Chicago as a destination for better yeah. or worse. Yeah. They've signed a bunch of big deals over the years. I don't understand why you pay it to Lonzo. Just because he's the one that's there. And I'm telling you, I look at these NBA children a lot like children. Or these NBA teams a lot like children. Yeah. You have money in your pocket and you're just gonna spend it on the first thing that you see. And it always comes back to bite you. Look at the worst deals in the NBA. You know what they all have in common? The day they were signed, we went, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. I mean, you remember the summer of 2016 where if you were over 6'8 and could walk walk and chew gum at the same time? $60 million. Yeah. Remind me who was Timothy in that class. Timothy Mozgov. Oh. Got $70 million. The Mitch Cup check special. Ugh. 
Bismack Biombo got sixty million dollars and he can't shoot. Mm-hmm. Literally, he's expo- a shot blocker though. Bismack Biombo's shot percentage exponentially decreases every foot you get away from the basket. And we just do this over and over and over again. Right. And guess what? After the the biggest name, this wasn't a great free agency year. I understand that. But after all the dust is settled, how do you still feel going into next year? Like it's the same teams that were the top of the league this past year are going to be again this it's next Milwaukee, year. It's Milwaukee. It's Philadelphia. I would say Miami's on the outside looking in in the East. Probably the third best team, maybe. Outside looking in of the contenders. Do you think okay. they're better than Milwaukee right now? No. No. Do you think they're better than Philadelphia right now? No. No. And Philadelphia is still going to pull Until something, something off. Until something happens with Ben Simmons. And it's not going to. That's the, that, that's the part that blows my mind. If you're going to pay somebody, why would you have not done it with Ben Simmons? If you wanted a player, that, that, and I'm glad you said that because that's kind of where I was headed with this. Okay. If you're Chicago and you have these assets that you're obviously not going to use, Kobe White is now the third point guard on that team. Which period. Is dumb. It, I don't disagree with you. Mm-hmm. But you have assets, you have picks, you have all these things. You think you're a contender, that's why you spent $85 million on Lonzo Ball. Why would you have not just made the run at Ben Simmons? Every qualm you have with Ben Simmons, you have the same problem with Lonzo Ball. So why would you not have done that? And at least gotten the good defender. Mm-hmm. At least get the, uh, he's every bit of the passer, if not more so, and he's ten times the defender. So why would you not have done that? That makes no sense to me. And before somebody says, well, they couldn't have worked out a deal with Philadelphia, if Philadelphia wanted to move him as bad as I've heard they do, yeah, they probably could have. They would have figured out a way. You might have had to have taken back Tobias Harris, but another brutal deal. Yeah. Now, I think there are a lot of guys in the NBA that are overpaid. And I'm not going to go hard in on Lonzo Ball because I, I think he is a guy who has improved. And maybe, you never know, maybe in that Chicago system, he can find the the key to unlock his uh, his I almost said greatness, but I don't think we're ever going to see greatness from him. And you call and and you could have called it, and I did call it, and I'm sure you called it as well when he was coming out from UCLA. Like, hey, have you ever seen this guy shoot a basketball? Just it, the money's crazy in the NBA. Is the only point I'm trying to make. The sports tag. Just a bit outside. All right, here's the 411, folks. You know, I never realized exactly how attainable an Olympic medal can be. Now, I'm not saying you can go out, anybody could just go out and, you know, win an Olympic medal. It's very, very hard to do, and you have to be, of course, one of the best in the world to do so. But I wasn't aware that the price was so cheap on some of these medals. There's a story today on uh, on Yahoo Sports that was talking about a silver medal from the 1900 Olympics in Paris recently sold for $1,283. I would think that, you know, an Olympic medal that's 120 years old might be worth a little bit more than that. Seeing as how, you know, we've got people dropping millions of dollars on baseball cards. And Mario Kart. Mario Kart and, the Mar- and yeah. Zelda. <laughs> and the Mario Kart 64 Nintendo game. I would think that it would be a little harder to uh, to, to catch one of these. An Olympic gold medal. Um, but 
there again, some metals worth more than others. Somebody bought at auction the four gold medals that were uh, attained by uh, Jesse Owens at the Olympics uh, back in the back in the back in the <clears throat> excuse me back in the thirties. I'm gonna I'd take a guess that that was much higher monetarily. Uh, yes, uh, it was one point five million dollars uh, for all four of the medals. But there again, you know, medals from the past may be worth more than medals from today. In today's dollars, do you have any idea what a what a, what a medal is worth? Just its pure weight in me, in in precious metals. Not a clue. Not a clue. Um, well, they're in a gold medal. They don't use all gold. Just in case you didn't know that. Of course they didn't. It'd be so soft that you could bend it. <laughs> 556 grams is what they weigh. There are only 6 grams of gold in the in the gold medal. The rest of it is all is all silver. Now that gold slash silver medal you could buy it for a hundred for $800. Now its value would increase obviously after this year like say, you know, you could trace it back and say that was yeah, the, the the USA basketball team's gold medal from this year, which I'm back on the train they're going to get. Do you buy into that? Oh, they beat their biggest competition. Exactly, today, so. they beat Spain last night to make it into the semifinals. So I think I, I think I think we're on the path here to a gold medal. But eight hundred dollars for a gold medal that that seems odd to me. Five hundred fifty grams for a silver medal; those are pure silver. Which comes out to about $450. But if you're interested in owning a piece of history coming up this fall, you're going to get your opportunity because going on, uh, on the auction block for charity is going to be Bill Russell's gold medal from the 1956 Olympics. He was captain of the U.S. basketball team and he's going to be putting up his, uh, gold medal for auction as he's going to be auctioning off a lot of his memorabilia. Throughout his playing career, he's got some of his NBA championship rings that are going up for sale, a warm-up jacket, other memorabilia, all going to uh, the mentor program. But to think that you could just go out and buy a medal from the Olympics for twelve, fifteen hundred dollars that blew my mind. I know you don't care because you don't like the Olympics at all, but I would think for sure that an Olympic medal especially a gold medal, would be worth way more money than that. Uh, if you're into what you can buy things for, yeah. uh, on the auction block probably soon will be the 2003 Kansas State Wildcats Big 12 Championship. You'll probably be able to buy that for about 800 bucks soon, too. Well, because the Big 12 is not going to exist? There you go. It's <laughs> trying to segue past your medal story. Uh, this might be the least surprising thing I've ever heard in my life. The Big 12 and Pac-12's commissioners... Meet to discuss potential strategic partnership. Bob Bolsey, Bob Bolsby, and George Klyovkov? Klyovkov. Klyovkov. The commissioners of the Big 12 and Pac-12 conferences are meeting Tuesday to discuss the viability of a strategic partnership between the conferences. Multiple sources confirmed to ESPN. Of course they did. And this is the reason I'm telling the story is because I want to go back to something we talked about yesterday. Okay. Clemson comes out and says, We have had no discussions with the SEC. Baloney. I believe that as far as I can throw it. 
everybody's had conversations with everybody. And the reason this is happening, it's not because they want to. I promise you the the Texas Techs and Iowa State, they're not looking at USC and Oregon going, yep, that's going to keep us relevant. They're going, hey, this keeps us out of the whack. This keeps us from being in a conference with Colorado State and Nevada. And this is where it's going to go. Mm-hmm. And the next step, I'm telling you, you mark my words, I said this. This is Big Ten ACC. Yep. Mm-hmm. That'll be the next one where they go, hey, you know, while we're just talking about stuff. The president of Florida State came out today to de- today as well and denied that any conversations had been had with the SEC or any associates with the SEC. So what? They just called ESPN and went, hey, you think the SEC would want us? <laughs> Maybe so. I don't know. I don't that, care. That if, news came from somewhere. I don't care if they took a page out of George Strait's book and put a grabbed a sheet of notebook paper put two boxes on it and said, hey, do you want to be friends? Check yes or no. And sent it over to uh, Greg Sankey. Yeah. Unless at the end you... of the day, if you're telling me that that conversation hasn't been at least broached, you're not doing your due diligence. Mm-hmm. Straight up. Because there is a path where the ACC gets left behind. Do I think it's a small path? Yes. But it's still there. So you better be taking every opportunity to take every call that you can. Just to be sure. Yeah, because you don't want to get left out of the shuffle. You don't want to be the kid sitting on the wall with your 2001 National Championship lunchbox and nowhere to go. <laughs> that was Florida State I was referring to there. Uh-huh. Still remember that. That was a good day. Mm-hmm. Beat Michael Vick. Peter Warwick had a huge day. I understand that these, these schools don't want to get left behind, but I, I don't know. Part of me also feels like the ACC is in good standing. The ACC is is still a destination conference, in my opinion. I I don't disagree with you. The one thing I will tell you is you better not get real comfortable that way. Mm -hmm. Because this is changing, and this is fluid every day. Basically, everything west of the Mississippi is going to be one amorphous conference. Yes. As it should be. That leaves three other entities. The ACC, the Big Ten, and the SEC. The SEC can survive in this by itself. Mm -hmm. I'm not so sure the Big Ten and the ACC can. I'm not sure they don't need somebody else. No, it makes perfect sense for the uh, the triumvirate, the uh, the holy trinity of college football. I like how you said that. Since it involves Notre Dame, yes, yeah. Here's the three allegiances: the Big Ten, the ACC, and Notre Dame. Mm -hmm. Welcome to the party. Let's go. Mm -hmm. Let's bring Ohio State. We already do the ACC Big Ten challenge uh, in basketball. The yeah, I was gonna say that that didn't make sense. So let's backtrack on that one. Uh, <laughs> I was gonna say there's already a standing relationship between the Big Twelve and the Pac Twelve, but that's it was the Big Twelve and the SEC, wasn't it? Yes, they had their uh, their relationship. No, I mean we're gonna see super conferences be made, and I don't foresee there being very much space for these major programs to have little guys on their schedule anymore. And I think that's really kind of a sad thing. Oh, I mean, because all oh, of these so smaller what schools... What you're saying is this thing that I tried to tell you yes, was going to crush yes, them yes, yes. is doing that. <laughs> oh, wow. That's Which would mean that I was... Oh, what's that word? It rhymes with light. Starts with a R. Right! I was right! 
That's what I was looking for. Yeah, there's, I mean, I don't see a path for it. If you have all of these super conferences, take the football schedule, for example. Are you ever going to have, are you going to continue to see Alabama play Western Carolina? Are you going to continue to see North Carolina play Georgia Southern? No. No. But you can't. Right, because your schedule is going to be so full with your conference games. It's just going to be conference games. Well, the You SC- might have the, one crossover. Well, the thing about the SEC is that now you can literally not play. You could not play non-conference games, mm-hmm. and you'll be fine. I mean, literally just look at the 12, te- at 12 teams that will be in that conference. Pick whatever team you want to be, and look at what your schedule would look like. It is astronomical. Mm-hmm. And if you don't have the ability to self-suffice like that, you're going to be in trouble. That's the reason the Pac-12, I mean, and I, I, I didn't even, that wasn't breaking news or anything like that. I said that the day this happened. Mm-hmm. Soon as Texas and Oklahoma went away, it went, well, you two don't have another dance partner. Unless you're going to just try to corner the market of the West Coast with Boise State. <laughs> right. And it's going to make perfect sense for the, you know, there will be a reimagined, like, north and south of the Big Pac-12? Is that what they call it? I, I have no idea. I just, as soon as the Texas-Oklahoma thing happened, I told you, this is going to make the last conference re- realignment look like a Tonka toy. Yeah. And anybody at this point that's coming out saying, oh, we haven't had that conversation, uh, you're either lying to me or you're lying to yourself. Or you're really bad at your job. If Clemson and Florida State have not at least broached that, you're not doing yourself a service at all. They may have internally, but I don't know that they have reached out to each other. Uh, look, this is like the legal tampering period. Mm-hmm. Okay, you, you know we have that in in the NFL when free agency starts. There's the legal tampering period where you're allowed to talk to their agent. You just get legally done. Right. That's where we're at. That's where we're at. I am super well connected <laughs> to Florida State, and I got news for you. What John Thrasher said over the weekend. It sent shockwaves through Florida State. Because basically what he said was, we have to look at what's best for us in the long haul. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't commit to the ACC. Wouldn't commit to anything. There's a reason for that. So he, so the president of Florida State may be telling the truth here that they, the school itself has not had discussions. But I guarantee you some of their big donors have. There it their is. big donors have been on the phone with the SEC saying, hey, would you uh, want to do a deal if I can make this happen with Florida State? I mean, there's just no way. You're doing a disservice. At the end of the day, you're doing a disservice to your kids. I mean, think about somebody like, I'll just use a name that I know off the top of my head, Chuba Purdy, quarterback at Florida State. Mm-hmm. How do you look at him and go, yeah, we didn't call the SEC? I know full well if they're going to take two more schools, it would be Clemson and Florida State. But yeah, we didn't even call. Yeah, they might have wanted us, but you know, it's time. <laughs> and then the SEC just goes kaput. Yeah. How that happens, I don't know. But I'm just telling you, if that were to happen, uh, you have a lot of egg on your face, and you'll be the one 20 years ago, Twenty years from now, they'll go, you were the reason. Right. You did this. You didn't make the call. That's why I, I was in arguments for like five hours last night on social media. The the Mark Ryan post from yesterday about Florida State. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. And all these people said, see, Clemson said it. Yeah, Nick Saban said he wasn't leaving the Dolphins either. If you believe everything mm-hmm. that people tell you, you, my friend, are naive. <laughs> Look, I like to take people at their word. And when they say that there have not been any official discussions, I will go out. I will, I will take them at their word that there have been no official discussions. However, I'm not going to believe you that there hasn't been some poking. 
I, I just see, I'm not like you. I don't take you at your word because I, I will look at things like this and go, okay, there's two paths here. Either you're lying to me or you're not very good at this because with where we're sitting right now, that call should have been made. It should have been made early, not saying we're coming, just saying, all right, you've obviously broken this, this in-state unwritten rule that you had in the SEC. Mm-hmm. Does that mean now we can get in? Does that mean Florida State can get in? Can Louisville get in? Clemson? I'm forgetting one. Georgia Tech. All of them should have called. Hey, does that mean that that's not a thing now? Right. Because that's a way for you to keep your in-state rivalry. It makes all the sense in the world. But for you to just go, no, no, we would never. <laughs> Never do that. Okay, then. But that's the face you have to put out there. Sure. You have to put that face out there because if it doesn't happen and you're not going to make that jump, which I don't think Clemson and Florida State should, I think anybody in any big school that's not – they shouldn't make the jump to the SEC at this point. The SEC's already loaded. You're not going to win anything being in the SEC. No, but the money could be so astronomical it doesn't matter. I mean that's how bad this could get. See, and on the other on the other side of that, I would I, I would want the winning more than the money. Uh, well, and I that, get that's not how these businesses not are even run. Kind of how that goes, right? That's not even kind of how that goes. But I mean the the numbers that I've heard on what the SEC's media deal could look like, and here's something else that uh, I don't I don't remember us saying this, but it needs to be said. Okay. So you know I told you that ESPN could renegotiate the grant rights deal with the Big Twelve with Texas and Oklahoma going. Yes. Yeah. Guess who has the opportunity to do that too? Yeah. The SEC because they just added Oklahoma and Texas. Mm-hmm. Anything that changes your dynamic allows you to renegotiate. And what that. was that deal? It was like one. It was a billion it's dollars. A, it's a ton. The late the latest SEC ESPN deal that was made. I want to say it was like a billion dollars. I know it's a lot, and it could get even. Yeah. Now they can demand a higher price now that they have two of the. Heritage programs in college football. It was three, the SEC was, it was a $3 billion deal with Disney. Oh, okay, excuse me. I was wrong. $3 billion. Starting in 2024. Weird the timing of that, isn't it? Mm-hmm. A, that's a weird timing. The contract comes up yeah, right as uh, the Big 12 mm. dissolves and Texas mm. and Oklahoma are able to make the jump sooner. <laughs> How fast? At the rate things are going, how fast do you think this is going to happen? And does it just go big? Uh, the Big Twelve and the Pac Twelve merge, and they just say, "Okay, go ahead, go ahead and go." We just picked up Oregon and USC. We're fine. I think the Big Twelve is going to fold like a deck chair because they have nothing. Mm-hmm. I mean, literally, you have no cards to play here. I mean, what, what is your claim to fame? Well, we have Baylor. Is that good? No. Kansas has an allure of the Pac-12 to make it more of a basketball conference. Mm-hmm. Texas Tech, Baylor, they're all in the same boat there. In terms of football money, you bring virtually nothing. The third and fourth biggest school in the state of Texas. Woohoo! Let me call mom and tell her about this. Can we get Houston in on that deal? Can we get Houston in on the Big 12, Pac-12 deal? And I'll be honest with you, I'm not sure if you if you don't get some amorphous weird deals like that. I mean, I can see I some can of these conferences it. being 24 teams wide. Mm-hmm. That wouldn't shock me in the least. Mm-hmm. And it could end up being that the SEC stays at 16, everybody else goes to 24, and they that's, still just kick their tails. That's what I've said the entire time. <laughs> they just kick you their watch tails. the SEC just lock the doors and go, nope, yep. we got everything we need, we're good. 
and you see everybody else try to line up against them, and they still put seven teams in the playoff every yeah. year. Except for some reason, i got a feeling that Nebraska is going to want to get in on the SEC deal. And they'll probably take them. <laughs> they wouldn't take Nebraska. You don't think they would? No. <laughs> no, I don't. They wouldn't stretch that out to 18 teams and take like uh, Nebraska and Kansas State or something? Hey, how many uh, Nebraska fans does it take to change a light bulb? How many? Uh, three. One to change it and two to tell you how great the old light bulb was. <laughs> It's the Sports Tank with Jeremy Green here on ESPN. Ash, is this is this one of the ones you were talking about? That's better. <laughs> yeah, that's better. <laughs> a little Brian Adams for your Tuesday afternoon ride home. Uh, the, the LA Lakers are officially just signing a minimum roster of old players to pair around Russell Westbrook, LeBron James, and Anthony Davis. Well, that's all they can do. I mean, they're already paying one hundred and twenty million dollars to all those guys, and the and the the salary cap next year is only what one hundred eighteen, something like that. I, I don't remember. They've added two more, in addition to Kent Bazemore, Dwight Howard. I don't remember who all did they sign last night. Uh, Wayne Ellington. Wayne Ellington. And there was another one that had just recently played for them. All four of them had played for them. Yeah, yeah. Sports freak, freak Brian Holly is going to yell this down the hall before it's all said and done. Yeah! <laughs> or he's it's just like going to show Lakers. up at the door and go, you have two new Lakers, Carmelo Anthony and Malik Monk. Hot! Woohoo! Yeah! I mean, they're just, that's the thing. They're just tossing the, they're, they're just tossing the shooters. They just well, let's see if we can get a guy who can shoot. Trevor Ariza was the Trevor one that, that we couldn't think of. Yeah, I think he's been in the league since I was born. So it's Trevor Ariza, Wayne Ellington, Dwight Howard, Kent Bazemore, Carmelo Anthony, and Malik, Malik Monk. Monk. That's, a, that's an I interesting th- roster build. I still think it's going to work. You do? I do. I still think it's going to work. I mean, okay. So what's the what 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 is the what, what is the qualification here? What is work? Is it championship or bust? Hundred percent. You have three all stars. Okay, yeah, maybe, it's championship or okay, bust. Okay, maybe it's not going to work then. Yeah, I was going to say. Look, I mean, that'll get them to the finals again if nobody gets hurt. Looking at this roster, it looks like what would have been the most unbelievable roster in NBA Two K fourteen. I mean, you would have been unstoppable. Except Malik Monk was in middle school. That's fine. <laughs> So was Talon Horton Tucker. <laughs> I, mm. I, I mean, here's the thing: the Lakers are still what the second best team in the in, in the West. Yeah, I would say so. Yeah, and that's assuming Phoenix is better than them, and I'm not sold on that. No. Who else? I mean, Utah. Who else immediately, do you have ahead of them? Utah, Utah and that's it. I look at Utah and go, that's a more complete team. You got Utah, LA, Denver, Phoenix. The the West is going to be interesting. I will say this. I would say from one to eight, you're probably not going to see 12 games difference from one to probably six. And then maybe the the Clippers, depending on how the Kawhi thing goes. Kawhi is going to resign with the Clippers, as I've told you from the beginning. Minus me getting duped by a fake Twitter account. We shall see. We'll talk some football coming up in the next hour. Yes, it was a very uh, drama-filled day at training camps around the NFL. We'll talk about uh, the weird injuries as well for the Indianapolis Colts. Sports Center's next. (laughs) 
This is The Sports Tank with Jeremy Green. You look at my numbers, I'm I'm balling. Beer City's best sports talk is on the air. Get involved. Call 252-4348. Tweet the show at Sports Tank ESPN. The Sports Tank. Come get you some of this. Can't wait. It's ESPN Asheville, 92.9 FM, 880 AM, and 1400. The Sports Tank with Jeremy Green. Heard everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Always love pulling up Twitter and seeing Lou Williams uh, trending. I haven't figured out why yet, but when it, I mean, when it's Lemon Pepper Lou, you I, gotta find out. You gotta find out why he's trending. Nothing I can say on <laughs> this microphone is is going to do well. Nope. Uh, is this a is this a rumor that he's going to the Lakers? I, I mean, everybody is currently going to the Lakers. I've heard Danny Green for a full day. Is it because they just need? 17 geriatric players to put around uh, LeBron and AD and Russell Westbrook. I mean, that's pretty much it. I, throughout the season, you you kept making those references to the Carl Malone, Gary Payton Lakers. Feels feels quite like that mm-hmm. now. But that's what you have to do when you got all your money poured into three guys. Oh. What? Oh. Uh-huh. We have breaking news. Yeah. Who's gonna break the news? <laughs> Who's gonna break the news? Hit me. Who's gonna break the news? This is from Sham Sharania. The San Antonio Spurs are finally finalizing a trade, sending DeMar DeRozan to the Chicago Bulls for Thad Young, a future first round pick, and two second round picks. Okay. Uh, apparently the Bulls do not understand that you need somebody that's bigger than six foot five to play on this team at some time. <laughs> you got Zach Levine, Kobe White, Lonzo Ball, DeMar DeRozan, DeMar DeRozan Vucevic. Uh, you got Vooch. Vooch that's is it. Just, Vooch is going to be like, man, I'm a lot taller than everybody on this team than I was last year. <laughs> I mean, the league's going small ball. Why not just go all in? But DeMar DeRozan headed to the Chicago Bulls. There you go. Things are moving and shaking in the NBA. Man, Chicago's going to be interesting next year. Because you have just got a slew of guys that can't shoot. That might be the first team in the history of the NBA that teams play a 1-3 zone, 1-3-1 zone against. <laughs> I'll let the you shoot. Open. You can shoot as many times as you want to. <laughs> I don't even kind of care. Uh-huh, you keep doing that, Alonzo Ball's going to make you pay. Yeah, he'll be 3 of 26 from 3. <laughs> hey, he can shoot 37 threes a night as long as he hits 10 of them. Somebody just posted this on Twitter. Uh, eight of the top 12 players on the Lakers roster are 32 or older. That might be the oldest team in the history of the NBA. You know what I hear? Experience. Uh, of course. <laughs> You've been around Brian Hall too much. There's a lot of experience on that team. We don't need young stars. Was was Brian Hall handing out purple and gold Kool-Aid earlier? Because I, I feel like you have changed your tune in the last like two hours. <laughs> no, I have been I have been saying since I've since the Russell Westbrook thing happened on draft night. I think there's a way that it can work. 
I mean, there's a way anything can work. And so they're just they're just, they're just trying to put as many shooters around them as possible, and hopefully one or two of them are going to pan out. We shall see. <laughs> I, I was just be the first team ever to miss a game because it was nap time. Oh, DNP nap. I'm waiting for the first one of those for Carmelo Anthony. <laughs> DMP sleepy. And this Los Angeles Laker halftime report brought to you by Metamucil. <laughs> brought to you by Purple, the mattress that gives you the best night's sleep. Uh, oh, that's a, that's a deal made. It, it just, I mean, that has to happen. The Purple, the purple and Gold has to be, they have to be sponsored by the Purple Mattress. Yeah. When you and have gold t- bond. <laughs> when you have a team of nothing but dudes that have been in the league for ten plus years, Talon Horton, Talon Horton Tucker will walk in on the first day and go, "Why do we have so many da- dudes that are the same age as my dad? Like, how, how did we? What, what is happening here?" Also brought to you by the Rascal. Unfortunately, the person who's going to need the Rascal the most is Anthony Davis, the youngest guy on the team. Yeah, he's one of the only ones that's not 32 or more. <laughs> uh, today at uh, NFL training camps, we got to see... Well, I haven't seen any footage of it. Have you seen any footage of uh, the New York Giants practice where they had an all-out brawl in the middle of the field? Uh, no, I heard Daniel Jones come out and say, uh, I'm fine, and I'm pretty sure that everybody learned their lesson from Joe Judge. Because apparently it was not pretty. Well, I mean, I saw complaints yesterday from a reporter saying that, you know, if you were going to take your kid out to NFL training camp, just be aware that there's not a lot of people, there's not a lot of noise, and you're going to hear a lot of expletives coming from the coaches. Joe Judge set a record today. Joe Judge, yeah, he was the Lenny Bruce of coaches today, where he just went, Total foul mouth as the New York Giants got into a an all-out brawl, as it was described. And then after the brawl happened, well, uh, in the middle of the brawl, Daniel Jones ended up on the bottom of the dog pile, which is, you know, the one place that you don't want your starting quarterback to be at the moment. And then the brawl broke out, so apparently it was uh, Evan Ingram retaliated after a late hit on Corey Clement, who I didn't even know was still around the NFL. Mm-hmm. Uh, then safety Logan Ryan came in and leveled Ingram from behind, and then the rest of the team piled in, including Jones. Jones ended up on the on the bottom of the pile. Well, then uh, Joe Judge got involved and just went complete Marines drill instructor on him. And I think he made Arlie Ermey proud. You don't even know who that is, do you? Uh, yeah, it's the the uh, Full Metal Jacket. Okay, all right, thank you. All right, that's that's one movie reference today that Jeremy got. Scoreboard for me. So I think I, I think he did him proud because he apparently had him out there running hundred yard sprints. He had him out there doing. Uh, uh, did he do grass drills? Didn't he make him do up downs? I do, don't know. He had him doing push ups by the whistle on the goal line. Everybody in lockstep, and hopefully everything can be settled. But yeah, the, one of the reports that came out was that uh, there were uh, Joe Judge had some choice words for the group for the crew. Uh, lots of expletives, lots of them. I don't know why people are surprised by this. You get 
a testosterone filled uh field full of football players and you don't think there's going to be some cussing going on? Oh, I mean absolutely. <laughs> Fun fact LeBron is now the longest tenured Laker at 3 years. Hot. He's been nice. on the team for 3 years. He's Brian the longest Hall. tenured Laker. Brian Hall always has the the golden nuggets. I love how he sent that and then just like mic dropped. Walked out. out. Yep. yep. Seacrest out. <laughs> Dysfunction within the New York Giants, though. Uh, I, I mean, this this is a team building moment, and hopefully, Joe Joe Judge can capitalize on it. The problem is, then they started running seven on seven drills, and Kenny Galladay pulled up and had to go to the locker room immediately. Yeah, I haven't heard a uh, a report on that, but that screams uh, hamstring to me all over the place. And if that's going to be an issue that's going to cause him to lose some, to miss some time. I mean, my my prospects for the New York Giants this season weren't great, you know, at the beginning. But you take Kenny Galladay off of this team, and what do you have left? It, oh, it, it's the twenty twenty New York Giants. Yeah, I mean, it looks it looks like a hamstring. I, mean, I just saw it on the the, the replay on Twitter. Mm-hmm. He pulled up immediately. So been a weird been a weird week for the NFC East. Got all the things happening around Philadelphia. Dak Prescott's having to take a a, a step back, not a setback right. with his shoulder recovery. Right. Or with his shoulder after yeah. his knee recovery. Yes. And I've seen a lot of people trying to I mean, do you think is that connected? Is it that he doesn't trust the ankle or the leg, and so he's overcompensating in other areas, and so that could have caused him to tweak the shoulder? I mean, is that how it works? No, I would say it's just you know you haven't been you haven't been throwing at this level. You probably you might have overdone it a little bit. Mm-hmm. It's just they're just pulling back a little bit. It's yeah. not the the DAC thing from everything I've been told is nothing to worry about. Right, and they were and they were freaking out when it immediately happened because here he goes into the locker room and you can understand why though. I mean, it doesn't have to be a serious injury for a guy to be completely freaked out about it. After what happened to Dak Prescott last year, anything goes wrong, anything feels weird, and I'm in that training room because I just got paid a bajillion dollars. And I don't want. Don't tell me this is happening again. That stuff gets in your head. Speaking of quarterbacks, mm-hmm. I've heard this all day, and, and and I have to I I have to shut this down. Okay. Can we stop with Nick Foles to the Indianapolis Colts? <laughs> Can we stop that, please? No, they're 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 tanking for Sam Howell at this point. Do you know what his record is? This is my favorite stat anybody's sent me all day. Nick Foles' record. Do you know what his record is with the Philadelphia Eagles? No. He is twenty one and eleven as a starter with the Philadelphia Eagles. Okay. Do you know what his record is with every other team? Uh seven and fifty six. Seven and sixteen. <laughs> he is seven and sixteen as a starter for every other team. Yeah. Can we stop that that's an improvement? Because it's really not. No. I really genuinely do not think Nick Foles would be an improvement over Jacob Eason. I said that yesterday. Mm-hmm. On arm talent alone, I believe in Jacob Eason. Now, is he going to throw a slew of interceptions? Yes, he is. But they're not going to ask him to do a tremendous amount. They went into this knowing full well what could happen with Carson Wentz. 
who is now officially injury prone. We can put that four-year argument to bed. He is officially injury-prone. I'm so glad you came around to my side. Well, he had to get hurt for the 11th time. Uh, for you to be injury-prone, you have to get hurt 11 times. I mean, he doesn't have all the bones in his foot. Come on, man. He's Of course he's injury-prone. But I have heard the Nick Foles yeah. talk all day long. It's, it's Because it's it's safe. It's simple. It's the, you know, just like the Carson Wentz to Indianapolis thing. Oh, it would make perfect sense for Indianapolis and Frank Reich to go out and get Carson That's Wentz. That's the only place that made it. sense. Sure, it made sense. But now, it's the same thing, just put in a different name. Oh, Frank Reich knows Nick Foles, and Nick Foles isn't going to play in Chicago, so it makes perfect sense. No, no, not really. Because Nick Foles doesn't work anywhere other than Philadelphia. Mm-mm. No, they were all in on Carson Wentz. This has obviously not worked up until this point. Mm-hmm. Not saying that it won't down the line. But it hadn't worked. And, and I don't remember who said this, but I want to say it was Dan Orlovsky. This is a guy that in two consecutive years was beat out by uh, Gardner Minshew and Mitch Trubisky. Yep. That's the guy that's going to save your season? Uh, you're in trouble. I think it's Philadelphia fans just wanting Nick Foles to be a thing. Because I, they I, wanna, I mean, I think it's Indianapolis wanna... not wanting to admit that Quentin Nelson's going to be out for the first four to eight weeks of the season. Which, <laughs> uh, somebody asked me this morning, what does the Carson Wentz injury mean for Jonathan Taylor? Well, that didn't mean a lot. Quentin Nelson means a lot. Yes. That, uh, now, I hope you haven't already had your drafts. Because Jonathan Taylor is not somebody I would take in the first round at this point. Really? Really. Okay. Yeah, it's that aggressive. Quentin Nelson apparently has the same exact injury as Carson Wentz. He's got a floater. There's a bone just floating around in his foot somewhere, and he's going to miss 5 to 12 weeks. It starts. This is the first time I've ever heard of a, of a player having this type of injury. We talked about it yesterday. And now you've got two on the same team within three days of having the same exact injury. That's really just a fluke. You've been up in arms about this ever since it came out, and it's it's just really not that big a deal. Really? No, I mean, it's it's fluky that it happened to the same team in just a couple of days. Mm-hmm. I told you yesterday, foot injuries are weird. I get it. But he's, the, yeah, uh, it's going to be the same same timetable for Quentin Nelson and for Carson Wentz. And I honestly don't have any hopes for the Indianapolis Colts anymore. You shouldn't. We're we're doing power rankings in the morning mm-hmm. in the Sportsocracy, 10 a.m., live on YouTube and Facebook Live. Find us on all the social medias at the Sportsocracy. And look, I, I'm not sure where I'm going to have them in my power rankings here. I still have to do the due diligence on that tonight, but I got a feeling. They were at number nine, I checked earlier today on my last power rankings. Yeah, they won't be that high for me now. They are going to be markedly lower than number nine. I have already done mine, and I can tell you that uh, the number beside their name starts with a two for me. <laughs> That's probably where I'll have them as well. Uh, anyhow, you can check that out tomorrow morning, NFL power rankings for 2021. The... Uh, I guess the preseason, the pre-preseason edition of the power rankings. Nope, they're the pre, it's the preseason. Preseason starts this week, so these are the preseason. That is power true. Rankings. That is true. The Hall of Fame game is on Thursday. We have we, we have experienced our last week without football until February. Oh, that felt great. That felt great to hear you say it. And we already know who the starter is going to be for the Steelers. It's going to be Mason Rudolph. Shocked? I'm not shocked. 
Ben Roethlisberger won't see no a snap in the preseason, and that's I'm fine with that. Well, yeah, I'm fine with a lot of guys not taking snaps in preseason. People make it make preseason out to be this big deal, and I don't think it is. At, at least for established stars. I don't believe in any of this, oh, you got to get in the rhythm of the season and figure out. No, you don't. No, you don't. You're going to get your reps in practice. You've been there before. You, We don't need to see the starters in the preseason. And especially if you've got an injury-prone quarterback, you don't want to see him out there. I have no problems with uh, with Ben Roethlisberger not taking a snap in any of the preseason. Although, I, I mean, Najee Harris, they've already announced that he's going to play in every game this preseason. Yeah, that's a little bit, I mean, you're taking a gamble. I'm okay with that. He's a rookie. You need to get some, you do need to get some lather on uh, for, for the rookie. Yeah, but all of them? All four games? Oh, there's only three. Not for them. Oh, yeah. Not oh, for the Pittsburgh the... Steelers. Oh, there's, yeah. there's four for them and the Cowboys. Oh, yeah. I always forget. I hate that. <laughs> but at least we're going to get to see plenty of uh, Dwayne Haskins and Mason Rudolph with the Pittsburgh Steelers coming up on Thursday night. It's ESPN Asheville, 92.9 FM, 880 AM and 1400. I'm Tank Spencer. He's Jeremy Green. I'm Tank Spencer. Jeremy Green's alongside here on ESPN Asheville, 92.9 FM, 880 AM and 1400. Again, this hour of the program, as always, brought to you by Wicked Weed Brewing. Check out our friends at wickedweedbrewing.com. Wicked Weed Brewing, drink different. We had Matt Rule and the Carolina Panthers today do something that I'm just, I'm all here for. Round of applause. If you have not heard the story at Carolina Panthers training camp this morning, during their reps, uh, wide receiver Keith Kirkwood had to be stretchered off of the, off of the field and put into an ambulance as a precaution after he suffered a massive hit to the head from undrafted rookie safety JT eBay. Is that how you say his name? I believe Ibe? so. Ibe? I, I don't know. Anyway, I saw the replay of what happened. It didn't look that bad. However, you can't have things like that happen. No. You can't J- have friendly fire in practice. Yeah, JT Ibe went straight at uh, Keith Kirkwood. He says he was just trying to disrupt the play, but he went straight into his head. Thankfully, the word has gotten back that there are no issues with the spinal cord or the neck of Keith Kirkwood, but Matt Rule and company made the right choice. They immediately kicked him out of practice, and he's been waived. He is no longer a member of the Carolina Panthers. Just another another move that makes me feel like this Carolina Panthers thing with Matt Rule is going to work. I think he is the answer that uh, that that they they have them the answer that they have needed. I like Matt as a Rule. head coach. I, I do. I like Matt Rule a lot. Uh, he he was a finalist. Uh, I say this every time his name comes up. He was a finalist for the Jets job when we hired uh, 
Oh, Adam Gase. Uh-huh. Yeah, that, that went well. That went well for us. It went well for the Carolina Panthers. It certainly I did. Can t- <laughs> I can tell you that much. Um, obviously, I mean, this is another, you know, Matt Rule looking out for his guys. Keith Kirkwood's one of his guys from Temple. Played with P.J. Walker and Robbie Anderson. Did you hear Darnold's response to the? No. They asked him after practice uh, what he thought about it. He said, those aren't my decisions to make. I think he's the most non-confrontational quarterback in the history of quarterbacks. He will absolutely give you nothing that is going to be bulletin board material. Mm-hmm. I think the, the journalists in Charlotte are slowly starting to figure that out. Like, hey, it's our quarterback. Will you give us a quote? Nope. No. I mean, I will, but not one you want to write because it's, it's a little mundane. Well, I mean, he's got, he's got to come out and, and make his play speak for itself. By the way, the, I wasn't saying that as a dig. That's a positive. I mean, it is. I don't but ever also want my as a franchise guy. I don't you, want my quarterback to be the one making headlines. Tom Brady never made headlines. Dan Marino very rarely made headlines. John Elway very rarely made headlines. You mean off the field? I mean in terms of what they said. Gotcha. Yeah, I don't need you. That's fine. You you just be as boring as you can right. be. Well, I mean, we've been there with the Carolina Panthers. We've already had a character as the leader of the franchise. And sure, it got us to the Super Bowl. He won an MVP. But the rest of the time, it was a great big question mark on what was going to happen. So maybe, you know, a more reserved quarterback is exactly what is needed for the Carolina Panthers. You got to have somebody out there making the waves, though. Yeah, I don't want to be my quarterback. By the way, the Minnesota Vikings have released Jeff Gladney. Okay. Breaking from Ian Rappaport as of four minutes ago. Well, that's uh, just not going to put up with it. You get in trouble, and I'm done with you. He was indicted by a grand jury in Mm -hmm. Texas on felony domestic violence charges today. Mm -hmm. And the Vikings immediately released him. Yeah, I'm done. I'm out. I'm not one of these franchises that talks about or or that, that goes into the situation thinking, well, you know, the talent is so good. Nope. That's not going to be my franchise. No, the story is is awful, too. I, I don't know how much of that you've read. I it's, have not even looked into awful. it. Don't want to know. No, it's awful. And frankly, he's not a big enough name to make me have to know. No, I mean, it's it's just, it's it's not good. Mm-hmm. But that is uh, the, the breaking news of the hour. Jeff Gladney has been released by the Minnesota Vikings. I mean, I'm 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 starting to like this. Like uh, Matt Rule today, cutting JT Ibey, just gone. Get out of here. This is not the way we play Carolina Panther football. We're not going to do that. We're not going to go at people's heads. This is not uh, you know Pop Warner football. You can make those mistakes at the smaller levels. You can't come out here and do this because what what, what would have happened? What would the backlash have been had JT Ibey been able to do that to DJ Moore? Or Robbie Anderson. Or Christian McCaffrey. Yeah, anybody. You can't go headhunt in practice. No. I I get that you're trying to make a name for yourself because you're an undrafted rookie and all of this. No, don't care. You're trying to make the roster. I understand. But we also got to keep each other safe out here. I mean, heck, we just had that lesson yesterday. 
in the Asheville Extreme Youth Football Program. We had a couple of kids that, you know, ganged up on the quarterback, and two of them kind you know, sandwich the guy's head immediately. I mean, our football coach went straight on Joe Judge with him and made everybody run. Because at that point, you've got to learn the lesson. You've got to be taught. And it's hard for me to believe that these guys just haven't learned this lesson by now. You look at guys like it. Like I can go back to it. Just reminded me because it's on the screen in the other studio. Clemson football's on. Look, James Skowski, twice getting kicked out of games in at the biggest level in college football. For I maintain people one, in heads. I maintain one of those was absolutely mm-hmm. nonsensical. Mm-hmm. It's still you. You just can't do it. There's no room in the game for it. Well, you, when the, when the runner lowers their head, that's on you. Okay. And I will say that until kingdom come, because there's absolutely nothing you can do to get out of the way. Uh-huh. James Kowski got ejected out of one of the biggest games of his life and did nothing but try to form tackle the guy. Justin Fields just so happened to, you know, uh, neither here nor there. Uh, we have something we need to talk about after just a bit outside. Okay. Or weird. Uh, weird news. Yeah, uh, weird news. I got to get the hours right. Yeah, after weird news, there is something. There, there is a, there is a, a story afoot that is going. It's gonna get louder and louder, and it's based off something that happened today. On the weird scale, there's Vegas, there's Florida, and there's Asheville. Let's get weird, Asheville. And I'm going to do another Olympic story here because I can. And because you're not going to get any of, any of the Olympics coverage from Jeremy, who's still just putting his fingers in his ears and pretending like none of this is happening. Uh, but this is a weird story. Uh, well, I don't, I don't know. I mean, depending on how you feel, uh, it, what what would your qualification for weird be for a whole bunch of you know testosterone-driven Olympic athletes? Having a good time. The Australian rowing and rugby teams left their uh, left their rooms in a little bit of a disheveled state, I guess we should say, as they were leaving out of Tokyo. There were reports that uh, the, all that their rooms. One of them, they had destroyed the cardboard bed that was inside the room. Uh, they had put a couple of holes in the walls as well. And there were just so happened to be a couple of places of vomit uh, strewn about that you know wasn't wasn't where that's supposed to go. That's not the receptacle for that. Uh, look, young guys not being able to go out in Japan and and you know having free reign because of all the coronavirus uh, protocols and stuff that are in place. They're pretty much on lockdown. The only place that they can have any fun is in their rooms. Now, far be it from me to throw stones at some, like I said, young men from Australia that got a little crazy in their in, in their rooms. However, uh, their 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 mascots apparently went missing. Life size, and thankfully, not actually live mascots. An emu and a kangaroo both vanished from the Australian team's premises. Uh, is says that they were eventually found in the vicinity of the German delegation. So I don't know if the if the Aussies went over to party with the Germans and they took their mascot uniforms or costumes with them 
But thankfully, everything has been returned. And nothing has been damaged. But it just makes me beg the question, what were y'all doing with the emu and the and and the kangaroo costumes partying with the Germans? Let your imagination take over from there. My wife looked at me during the, the Limu emu commercial. Uh-huh. She asked me if an emu was a relative of a chicken. <laughs> and I went, no, no, they're not. Did you guys see the size of that chicken? And I immediately looked at her and went, you're not kidding, are you? <laughs> I, it's the smartest woman I know, and that is the only time I've ever gone, oh, wait, you're serious. It's in, it's in the chicken family, maybe. It's a flightless bird. I mean, they're all birds, which means they're all not real. <laughs> Speaking of things that are almost hard to believe that they're real, uh, Sarah Weaver and her husband just bought a house in Pennsylvania. It was an 1872 built farmhouse in Skippick, Pennsylvania. And they didn't conduct a thorough inspection of the house, which does not make a whole lot of sense to me when you're buying a house that is 140 years old. 150 years old. Math. So they found it in the wintertime. They inspected it, you know, went around, didn't notice anything. Mm -hmm. Well, they didn't close on the house for a while. And when they did close on the house, it was in the summertime. When they got in the house, they noticed this really annoying noise. And they couldn't figure out where it was coming from. So they went back to the initial inspection of the house. And they noticed on the seller's disclosure that there was a little three-word phrase that they had glossed over. Okay. In quotation marks, it said, bees in wall. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Buzz, buzz. Uh-huh. Bees yeah. in wall. Well, what they didn't disclose in the seller's disclosure was that there were almost half a million bees in the walls of this house. Oh, my. They had to spend $12,000 to have 450,000 bees removed from inside the walls of their home. They came in in the wintertime. The bees were dormant, so they didn't notice it. When they came back in, they were they were living in a hive. How do you not notice that? First of all, how do you not do an inspection on a house? Mm-hmm. I guarantee you Clarissa Marshall would never let you do that. Exactly. That's, that's why she's the realtor we believe in. ClarissaSellsWNC.com she would never let you do that. I feel very sure of that. How in the world? First of all, how are there 500,000 bees in the walls of a house, period? That makes my skin crawl in a way that I can only kind of explain. You just don't to you. like bees? Not that many bees. I don't <laughs> mind a bee. a bee. A bee is fine. We get into plural bees, duh, I get a little squeamish. You get a comma, I'm out. I'm, I will set that house on fire. <laughs> no. My wife is, it, it deals with insurance. Yeah. My first question would be, hey, honey, is this house insured? Yeah, done. I don't even need to hear the, yeah, it, done. Bye. That house, that is a, that is a cursed house and it, it needs to not be upright anymore. Don't do nice. that. Don't do crimes. It's, it's very important to be said. Yeah. It's kind of like finding a bird in a house. If I, ever, like, if I was buying a house and I walked in and there was a bird flying around, nope, bird owns the house now. I'm out. <laughs> no, I'm I'm out. I don't need a government drone in my house. That's great. Because he could have planted other little government drone birds in the house that are just one day going to rise up and take that. No, out. 
No. Uh huh. I can't wait. One day you're gonna get a bird in your apartment or something, and you and you're just gonna leave. You're just gonna let it have it. A hundred percent. Why do you think we moved this last time? <laughs> oh, you actually had a bird. Bird got in the house, sold it. Yep, just done. Done with that. Now I don't know how you missed that in an inspection. In, in, in inspection. Well, they didn't do one. I, I know no, how they, they just didn't yeah, do they didn't one at do all. A, they didn't do an inspection. I thought you had to do that. I thought that was part of the deal. Well, you can waive it. Yeah, no, the problem so. is that when you waive it... You can't it, do anything about it. Yeah, yeah. you end up paying $12,000 to have somebody come in and remove bees. <laughs> uh, By the way... That the, reminds me, I saw a post on Wax the other day. Apologize for the aside here, but... Somebody saying that there was a uh, there was a wasp nest and they wanted to know how to how to move the wasp nest from near the door of their house and have it you know humanely relocated to another spot. No, no, no! no. Huh? You either spray that thing with bug spray or have a little bit of fun and have some hairspray and a lighter in your hand. Now, don't do that. <laughs> Uh, that was Tank Spencer, Bee- <laughs> not not me. Bees are, I mean, no, I'm out. I'm out. There is no quarter shown to bees and wasps. Honeybees are different. If you got honeybees that have like a little hive and you got some honeycomb going on, yeah, okay, maybe you can save that. But when it comes to wasps, no. Those things are sent from the devil and you shall send them back from whence they came. Uh, I have a wasp that lives on my patio. We, have, we, we we understand each other. He's just one wasp. <laughs> I sit out on the patio. There's two chairs on my patio. Uh-huh. He sits on the left one. I sit on the right one. He doesn't come over and try to mess with me. He doesn't try to do bee things to me. We coexist. It's fine. No, there is no coexistence. Now, now, if he gains a partner or a friend or a Robin to his Batman or however you want to quantify this, then we're going to have to reexamine our, our agreement. Right. But... Until that happens, we're fine. Let the honeybees be. You, you can you can find a place to relocate those things. That's that's fine. You can even buy like little. I don't know. They look like bird feeders, but they're actually made for bees to live in and create the honey and stuff. That's fine. But when it comes to wasps and yellow jackets and all of that, I don't give me this. They're a valuable part of the ecosystem. Bullcrap. No, are. they die. They die immediately. Nope, they are they are valuable. <laughs> Why? Because they keep the spiders away. No, nope, don't bother. The spiders don't bother me. They keep the birds away. Ah, I see what it is. Bees and birds do not. They, they don't cohabitate. I thought I thought the the birds would eat the bee, eat the eat the wasps and such. No, just for the proof positive that birds know. aren't real. Okay, all right. There's a narrative coming that we need to address. All right, what is this? Trey Lance's first practice in full pads was today. Uh-huh. Have you happened to see how that went? No, I haven't. I'm Streaming sure it on went, Twitter. I sh- I'm sure it went wonderfully. Uh, first 13 passes, 13 to 13. Nice. Perfect. I mean, it is just waxing poetic. Mm-hmm. Peter King came out and said all 90 players on the 49ers roster we're given iPads with the playbook, and the Niners can track who spends the most time logging on and studying on the iPads. Player who spent the most time? Trey Lance. Trey Lance. 
I saw that yesterday. I'm just telling you, it's all of these stories, and it's a combination. And then Kyle Shanahan comes out and says, "Yeah, I mean, we thought he was, we thought he was fine." This is what he said after practice. Yeah, we thought he was fine because somebody asked him if he had earned more reps based on how good he was today. Oh, here's his quote. Kyle Shanahan said, "No, I don't really look at it like that. I thought he had a decent day. Thought he had a good. He did good with his reps. Not perfect, but we're just evaluating everybody right now, but not looking at it like that." you've ever wondered what a lie sounds like, that is what a lie sounds like. Because that is a lie. If Trey Lance wins this, I mean, everything I've heard from every beat writer in San Francisco, he's the best player on the field. Yeah. He was the the best player on the field all day. I I read a quote yesterday from Debo Samuel that said, this guy is amazing. He hit a throw to Trent Sheffield that is, I, I mean, there are not words to describe this. It is an effortless 50 yard bomb. And I swear to you, he couldn't have walked it up and handed it to him in a better spot. Mm-hmm. And if you remember, Kyle Shanahan came out and said, when Trey Lance gives us the best chance to win, he'll be the starter. Yes. I can make the argument that's right now. I could make the argument that's right now. Mm-hmm. And I'm telling you, when you allow these things to fester, tw- Twitter has made it so much harder to try to do the Mahomes thing. Yes. Where you sit a guy, th- that will never happen again. As electric as he had to be with the second team, with Twitter the way it is, and as many people are allowed in, Mm -hmm. you'll never get by with that again. You'll never play a Jimmy Garoppolo, Alex Smith-level quarterback while you've got somebody that just looks like they're subhuman playing with the second team. Yeah. Your fan base won't let you get away with it. And I'm telling you, the the Trey Lance narrative, it has ballooned in, what, five days? Mm -hmm. I think he signed five days ago. Mm Mm-hmm. And now it's officially to the point of the fan base is starting to turn. But at what point do you go, it's practice. Game speed's going to be a little bit different when you're in actual competition. I get that he's making great throws and he looks great. I mean, he did that on tape. We saw that on tape. Yeah, but you thought there'd be a learning curve. Oh, of course I did. You thought there would be a learning curve. And, I mean, the the kid started 13 to 13. Mm-hmm. He missed his last pass. It was an incompletion on a deep ball, but he was perfect. But if he comes out tomorrow and throws four interceptions, does all the does does all this not kind of go? Okay, well maybe we got a little ahead of ourselves. No, because you traded up to get him. That's the thing. When you trade up to get a guy, you you just it's so hard to try to sell your fan base on. No, we traded up to three to get a quarterback, but we're going to roll with Jimmy Garoppolo. And see, this is what I heard. If you remember, I heard this months ago. Mm Of Trey Lance had looked, you know, things had looked so good and they were so happy with how he was working. And behind the scenes, it was, we don't know what we're going to do. Cause that's what I kept hearing was once people see this kid, we're not going to be able to keep him on the bench. Mm-hmm. And if you look at how this, how this starts for the 49ers, if you had to pick two teams to start him against, what Houston two? Texans, Jacksonville Jaguars, you're close. You're Detroit close. Lions. <laughs> they start with Houston and Detroit? Nope. They start with the Detroit Lions and the Philadelphia Eagles. Oh, okay. Well, I'm all in. And I'm just looking at the schedule. Other than that, I mean, I think I could play quarterback for them, and they win those two. Yeah. But, I mean, then from there, there's there's not a lot of daunting defenses. I mean, they play mm-hmm. Chicago in Week 8, Indy in Week 7. It makes, makes me question... What what can we get from Indianapolis for Jimmy Garoppolo? That's exactly where I was about to head. Is <laughs> is it possible 
that San Francisco is waiting around to see if there's a team that winds up with an eight at quarterback. Well, first off, I got to tell you, Indianapolis ain't going down that path. I don't think they want to give up more assets for another injury prone quarterback. You must say, I don't think it would be. I don't think. I think the asset it would take to get Jimmy Garoppolo is overblown. Well, like a fifth round pick? No, it's not even that low. Okay. But I think it would be less than they gave up to get Carson Wentz. So a three. Now, I don't think the Colts would be the team to do this. I'm looking around the league, looking at like, oh, I don't know, the Denver Broncos. Oh, yeah, buddy. Let's do that. You bring Jimmy Garoppolo to the get Denver to Broncos, po- and I feel way different about that. Team. Well, I think it's going to get to a point. And, and now, look, this was one day. But this is one day that I've been t- I've been hearing for months. They were afraid this day was coming. Mm-hmm. Of the fan base is going to see him, and they will turn on Jimmy the first time he doesn't look like the guy that led us to the Super Bowl. First bad game he has, the fan base will turn on him. I've been hearing that since they drafted Trey Lance. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's the uh, it's the Carson Wentz Jalen Hurts thing all over again. I mean, it's a little bit of a different scenario because you draft yeah. him in at three and you put more capital into it. I get well, that. We traded up to get him. Yeah, which, which I, I means know. you fully believe he is the future of your franchise. I know, but what, but what I'm saying is, you already had an established quarterback there. You brought in another one. You knew this was going to happen. You knew at some point if Trey Lance turned out to be what you thought he was, because you're not going to. I mean. Kyle Shanahan's a pretty smart guy. Who who runs that front office? Oh, oh yeah, it's John Lynch. Yeah. And they're not going to trade up all of that capital to get up to three to take a guy that might work. It's The, the thing of it is, is it just makes it harder to be the GM and the head coach of the 49ers. Mm-hmm. Because now people are seeing what you saw. They're like, yeah, the talents. They don't understand there's a lot that goes into this. Mm-hmm. And, and you're right. Game speed is different than practice. Here's the thing. If you can make that throw, the one I'm specifically talking about is the one to Trent Sheffield. Okay. If you make that throw in practice, you are head and shoulders ahead of 99.999% of people in this world. Because I don't know that there's another quarterback in the NFL that could have made that throw. Maybe Mahomes. You I said mean, it's it was on, 50 yards downfield. On the field. run, and he couldn't have thrown it better. Oh, he was out of the pocket when he made yeah. it? Oh, of course he was. I mean, it was, I mean he just He's dropped so a mobile. dime. I mean, it's perfect. Mm-hmm. But if you remember, that's what I said about him, is that he throws an unbelievable deep ball. Mm-hmm. He is what you were sold Cam Newton was. Mm-hmm. And it's just it's a story that bears watching. Because anybody that thinks that the fan base doesn't have a hand in decisions like this, I would say you're a little naive. I don't think there's any question that fans play a big role in that. I don't know how big of a role it is, but it's definitely a role, especially in something like this. Because if, and now granted, like I said, those first two games, yeah, I don't really care who your quarterback is. You're going to win those two. Mm -hmm. But then you go Packers, Seahawks, Cardinals. That's a daunting stretch. Yeah, it could be three losses. And then you come after the bite, Colts, Bears, Cardinals, Rams. I mean, that's this is a daunting schedule. Mm-hmm. So if it, I've always said that part of being an NFL head coach is that you have to make decisions that mitigate the risk to your job the most. If you come out with Jimmy Garoppolo, and you're going to tell me I'm crazy when I say what I'm going to say. If you come out with Jimmy Garoppolo and through week 10, going into week 11 when you play the Jaguars, then the schedule lightens up a little bit. If you're sitting at four and five, there's going to be rumblings about you. 
Absolutely. I thought that I would catch you more off no, guard. No, I don't didn't. think he, Look, I have always said that I think Jimmy Garoppolo is the starter for this team. He's a guy that if he's healthy, he you know he can get you to a Super Bowl. The thing is, you do have that guy sitting there, the number three pick in the draft, who just has a ceiling that Jeremy and I both believe. I mean, this guy can be an all-pro quarterback in this league at some point. Now, the question is, how much leash does Jimmy Garoppolo have? I have never maintained that he has a long leash. I've just maintained that I think he could hold on to the starting job. Because I think this team's going to be good enough. Barring catastrophic injuries like they had last year, this is a team that could go through and finish out the season being easily 12-5. and And with that, I think it's good enough. That's good enough to stick with Jimmy Garoppolo. But you even, I mean, you could even start out the season three and three and not even, and, and not, not look like you're a dominant team. And everybody's going to go, wait a minute. We've been seeing this kid in practice. Here's the thing. And, and I feel like Kyle Shanahan gets a pass on this and I don't know why. He's been the head coach of the San Francisco 49ers for four years. Mm-hmm. He went 13 and three in the year that they won the NFC title. What's the most wins he has in a season in any other season as their coach? Seven. Six. Going six and ten twice and four and twelve the the other year. Mm-hmm. If you come out and you're mediocre with Jimmy Garoppolo, you're gonna catch some heat. Mm-hmm. And that's it, I've heard all offseason long the Trey Lance thing horses, zebras. That's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> right. I understand. I think Jimmy Garoppolo can hold on to this job, but if Trey Lance keeps having practices like this, then guess what, San Francisco? You just answered your own question. You need to get whatever you can out of Jimmy Garoppolo and get out of town. And if that means shipping him to New England or Denver or Indianapolis or any other open spot that might come up throughout these first couple of weeks of the preseason, i take it. Take whatever deal you can. But that's just me. CSPN Asheville, 92.9 FM, 880 AM, 1400. That's ESPN Asheville, 92.9 FM, 880 AM, and 1400. Tank Spencer, Jeremy Green. Yeah, the uh, Jimmy Allen concert coming up at Silverado's this Friday night. But you want to see the preview to it? Watch the Thursday night Hall of Fame game. Jimmy Allen's going to be opening up the Hall of Fame game. They're doing the pregame concert with Brad Paisley and Leonard Skinner. And Jimmy Allen's going to be on the stage. He's going to be... At the Hall of Fame game on Thursday, in Black Mountain on Friday. Bingo. Make sure you're there. Silverado's WNC.com is the website. We're going to try to get him on the program, too. Because he signed up to be the musical director on some new football program, football show that's coming on on uh, Netflix as well. So hopefully we'll have uh, a, a Hall of Fame concert, Hall of Fame game concert recap for you here on Friday with the Jimmy Allen. All the way in. Yeah. Right. yeah. You're the one that does the guess. So I just, yep. <laughs> yep. Yes. Yep. We will make that happen. We got football this week. Thursday night. Can't wait. NBA free agency going on. Everybody's losing their minds over the uh, Los Angeles Lakers per, putting the geriatric squad together here. Carmelo Anthony, the latest. And here's the thing. If you're trying to keep up with all this news, uh, don't get got on uh, on Twitter. I almost got got during the middle of the break. 
it, true or false, Adrian Wojnarowski is the guy who has the most uh, false accounts or copycat accounts no, on Twitter. A- Adam Schefter, not close. <laughs> okay, I wouldn't. I wouldn't or Ian Rappaport with six P's in it. I've seen that yeah. one a bunch of times. All right, it's ESPN Asheville, 92.9 FM, 880 AM, 1400. We will see you right here tomorrow at 3.